We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So before we start today's show, I want to let you know about our friends over at MyBookie. MyBookie has been partnered with Rotoviz for a number of years, and they are the place where we go to place our sports bets. Past weekend, it was very difficult to call a lot of the results. A lot of underdogs picking up wins, even on the money line. And if you knew those results prior to it happening, you could have had a very big week over at MyBookie. Between the football season, NBA, and the start of the college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and into the action with MyBookie. As we mentioned on previous shows, if you're the type of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. And again, if you're betting on those underdogs on the money line, parlays add up very, very quickly. Right now, if you join MyBookie, you'll match your first deposit halfway that gives you a sign up bonus all the way up to one thousand dollars if you put in two thousand dollars into your account you'll get an extra one thousand and free money to play with that's a fifty percent sign up bonus now at my bookie head on over there use the promo code rotoviz to activate the offer once again that promo code is rotoviz to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign up offer visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get paid Mahomes has the time delivers Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by my bookie Roman and Harry's. Today's show is going to be a fun one. Lots of stuff to look back at from last week's action in Week Ten. Looking ahead to Week Eleven, just so, so much, so much to talk about. Running, uh, it's getting me tongue-tied just thinking about all the topics we're going to cover. Uh, really looking forward to today's show. As always, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and my co-host, as always, Mr. Sean Siegel. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Sean. How is things happening as we head into week 11? 
Well, week 10 was exciting, wasn't it? A lot of different mixed results, as you mentioned. Sure was. There, that we had you know, lots of, lots of upsets and, and some crazy games. And just another kind of reminder of how much fun fantasy football can make the football season. Uh, watching last night's game between the 49ers and the Seahawks, I mean, that's a game that for reality purposes is important, but maybe unless you're a fan of those particular teams, not necessarily exciting unless you've got some guys going in it. And Ben and I had Jacob Hollister. We had benched greg olson and that looked like almost a sure mistake uh but then hollister ended up outscoring him in the end also i had the 49ers defense going on my most important team and they got in the end zone in that crazy game very exciting one uh i wanted to ask you we've talked about this a little bit on the show in the past and i think it's the thing that i object to the most in the commentary now i think the football commentary has improved immensely in the last 10 years there are ways it can still grow obviously but i think there is is so much now that the commentators and the color guys are doing extremely well on these broadcasts one of the things that does uh still get under my skin is when you see a very normal kind of play and a very clear-cut defensive penalty and the commentator will talk about how difficult it is to play defense now in the nfl and you're thinking to yourself well if if that's the case now then uh you know all kinds of criminal activity was clearly uh, legal in the past we having so much trouble with these pass interference calls and i really feel like you watch the games you you watched that game last night with the 49ers uh, defensive backs and we seem pretty clearly back where we were in the early 2000s where the new england patriots dominated in part because their corners would just go out and hold the receiver during the entire route you know you then add that in with the reviewable nature of pass interference now and it's an absolute nightmare i'll take you to the game that was maybe the most um, interesting for me in this context a game between two bad teams but again a game very exciting for fantasy football purposes right we have kyler murray and really the emerging arizona cardinals still having some problems with that desert air raid but but maybe starting to take the next step certainly we've got big time road of his guys and christian kirk and ronald jones uh breakout games for both of them uh, very exciting but maybe the thing that that really caught my eye and was extremely frustrating down the stretch is you have uh, bruce arians you know he charges a, a very straightforward pass interference call and gets into a situation where he no longer has challenges left then you go under two minutes the officials decide to look at a mike evans route where uh, you know this follows a situation where kyler murray throws an interception because the receiver gets tangled up with the defensive back probably not pass interference just the guys getting tangled up mike evans similar thing uh it's going to create an extremely difficult down and distance situation for the buccaneers if the play is just allowed to go uh they get the review booth involved decide to review this and then shockingly it is overturned defensive pass interference is called and that leads to the buccaneers go ahead score and then on the final drive for the cardinals again then you have final play of the game if pass interference is called they'll be in field goal range and you have the defender hit the receiver way early obviously nothing happens the game just ends the arbitrariness of this and just how far defenders are now able to go to where you see phantom offensive pass interference constantly 
throughout these games, right? Just over and over, you'll have a receiver running down the field, trying to get the defender to stop holding with both arms. And that motion to get the arms off is called offensive pass interference. And, you know, I'd like to see more successful passing down the field. I'd like to see more of these Christian Kirk touchdowns and less of the defenders holding. What's your feeling at this point? Is it right to say that it's difficult to play defense in today's NFL? I, I don't really agree. Like in terms of they can't really contact with their head, like helmet to helmet, which is something you probably could have done, you know, 30 years ago. I think the rules now make sense. It probably should have been that way back then too, where people were just pretty much getting targeted on every single play. So I don't think that was any easier to play defense. It was certainly easier to hurt your opposition and not let them catch the ball. Uh, I do think sometimes it can be quite harsh, but I think the if you, like you kind of hit on it, I always thought if you're a team setting out to be, you know, a defensive strong powerhouse, I would be saying you may as well hold on every single play. And that you mentioned the Patriots, the Seahawks did something very similar with the Legion of Boom. And it was that the refs aren't going to throw a flag on every single play. So you're going to get away with more than you're not. And if you are beat and you do, you know, tug somebody back, you know, the ref might give it, might not. He's not going to give it in every single play. So I think there's always been an advantage there to the defensive side if they did that, that they would get away with more than they got called for. Ideally, they wouldn't be doing it at all, but I think it's something that they can get an advantage. But you mentioned the one at the end of the, the Cardinals game. The thing I thought about that, it was under two minutes. It was the last play of the game. I thought surely there should have been some sort of review, but they just uh, they ended that one pretty quickly and uh, moved on <laughs> and got out of town. But it's not the actual decision-making in every single game, but it's the problem is the consistency. So you'll see from the first quarter to the second quarter, it could be different. From one game of one set of refs to another set of officials, it's going to be vastly different. I would like to see some some sort of consistency across the board. And I, I think it's something that we're probably going to see them look into a little bit in the offseason. But the consistency is where I think the problem is. Like if you're a professional official, it should be a little bit more consistency. But I'm a big soccer fan as well. And I would see it in the Premier League at the minute there's issues with officiating they have the new technology and uh, var for the video assistant referee and it seems to be just a big disaster week on week on week so i think it's not just the nfl who has a problem with officiating but i guess the problem is as well that we have so many replay angles we have so much slow motion technology to look into these things so it can be difficult for the officials as well but i don't really agree with the fact that it's more difficult for uh, you know defensive players in the nfl um at the moment it, i think it's probably the same across the board but the the reason i think sean we both want these sort of decisions to go in is because we want to see like you mentioned downfield pass and we want to see high scoring games and we want to see you know those explosive plays which all lead to more fantasy points and and more fun for us uh, watching the games but it's a difficult one in terms of uh, the officials it's somebody at a higher pay grade than myself will, will have to make those decisions it's a tricky one as well because you know watching the game last night i'm playing against dk metcalf so obviously i'm rooting for the 49ers defenders in that uh, situation but to watch him run every route with a guy i mean just riding him <laughs> i mean he looked like a taxi <laughs> service for those uh 49ers defensive backs still made a few plays uh obviously it looks like he's going to be just an absolute monster going forward but had he not been dealing with uh, essentially holding and pass interference on every route, then you know potentially would have had a much bigger game. 
So before we get into the rest of the show, let's just talk a little bit about Rotoviz Patreon. We're up and rolling. We're heading towards the fantasy playoffs. Hopefully your teams are getting there. If they're not, you can always jump in. We have great uh, advice and uh, great tips, you know, to try and get those teams tinkered with, get them ready to make that run. Maybe you're looking ahead to next season. We can always get you those dynasty teams to help you make those decisions on who to move, who to keep, and uh, who to get ready for 2020. So if you are ready to become a Rotoviz Patreon, join the exclusive community in our Slack channel, access that premium content. All you have to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash rotoviz radio get signed up starts from just six dollars a month and a lot of fun interacting uh, regularly throughout the week with our patreons there in the slack channel once again that is patreon.com forward slash rotoviz radio and as always the 10 percent discount is available to the rotoviz radio podcast listeners through the nfl homepage that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast and of course that gets you unlimited access to all of the amazing tools and content that we talk about on the show and of course no better service out there in the industry to get you ready each week to help you win those fantasy matchups once again that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast so Sean, as we jump into the second quarter, we're going to look through some of the the pieces that Blair has up this week. And uh, of course, if you look at what has happened this past week, uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, with a quite a good game uh, for his standards, maybe not as good as possible. Could have been even better if he had got into the end zone on that last play against the Packers. But lots of uh, good performances across the board this week. Any players that stood out to you uh, specifically that you wanted to talk about? Started off here. Well, in a difficult game against the Buffalo Bills, we had uh, Nick Chubb and, and seeing what he would do with the return of Kareem Hunt. And as Blair points out, Chubb actually had the week high and a career high with 33.8 total expected points, which was the largest amount for any non-quarterback this season. Now, in some ways, this is a little bit skewed because you each carry that you have down by the goal line has that potential expectation of a touchdown which you know if you do score obviously you're not going to score multiple times uh if you score it takes away those subsequent potential carries but chubb was not able to get in right he had 19.7 points below expectation uh which was also the uh, highest or lowest depending on how you look at it mark of the week and he had a a couple of interesting sequences here that i know you watched where uh, the bills were continually stuffing him Chubb looked good in this game. He was setting up these goal line opportunities with some long runs, 24-yard run, uh, and did hold off Hunt, although Hunt also played well, had a decent number of receiving expected points. So, you know, taking that volume away, not necessarily from Chubb, but from Hilliard and, and some of those secondary guys, which I think is probably what we expected, although certainly uh, could you know take some points away from Chubb going forward. Tell us a little bit about some of these these goal line drives that you witnessed and uh, how they played out down there at the one yard line. There's a combination of things in terms of like um, you know the Browns in general, but across the NFL over the last couple of weeks, I've seen some of the worst goal line plays that you could possibly probably uh, dial up across the board. You know, there's been a lot of misfiring teams inside that five yard line and the Browns have been like that consistently over the last couple of weeks. I remember I watched quite a bit of the game uh, live against the Broncos a couple of weeks ago. They got stopped inside uh, the 20 quite a few times and same in this game where they really could move the ball pretty well outside of that. But once they were getting into the red zone, they were really struggling on the shorter field 
midfield. I think that's somewhere where the team should really uh, be obviously improving. Um, I was hoping this team was going to be, you know, we all were hoping it was going to be a bit of a powerhouse on offense, but that just hasn't happened. But the one consistent part of it, I guess, if we're looking at it, is Nick Chubb. Uh, when when he was down at the goal line, obviously getting stuffed down there. You know, I, I seen uh, last week. I, I remember, in fact, the, the Bills got stuffed quite a few times with Frank Gore. I mentioned it on last week's show. You know, on fourth downs and things like that. But problem with a lot of these teams, they're running heavy packages and short down in distance, and you know they're really just running into a brick wall at that point. I've seen it a few times this night with the Seahawks as well. So, you know, spreading out the offense uh, should should give you more opportunities to try and run through in those situations. But Chubb did get stuffed down there a few times. I think, like I kind of hinted at there, more play calling than down to what Nick Chubb was doing incorrectly. Like I, I've we we've talked about him many times, Sean, on the show. Very uh, explosive runner. Um, you know, over over the last couple of weeks, I think that's his fourth 100 yard game in six games now. Um, so he's been very consistent in terms of you know putting up the the numbers week on week. Um, I think he's been been very efficient. But the problem is now for him, you're getting uh, Cho or getting Cream Hunt in, in the action, and I thought Hunt actually looked very good this week too. So um, you know, it's going to be a bit more of a split backfield. He's probably not going to have all the work, but I do think he's still going to be in there from kind of. 16 to 20 touches in terms of running and like this week he had his 20 uh 20 touches on the ground he had four targets two receptions so probably going to see something similar i think they're going to try and get both these running backs involved but uh disappointing for chub owners because this could have been a one one that really broke open your games and you know helped push you over the edge really strongly uh turned out to be kind of a half of his expected points for the week so disappointing day for for chub owners in terms of what could have been still a pretty solid day from him overall with the the 160 16 yards on the ground um you know and then five yards obviously on two receptions but this this could have been you know a two two two, two touchdown day to go along with that and then we would have been seeing seeing uh, a lot of excitement around it but still still lots of positivity around chubb uh, rest of season um on this browns offense probably the two running backs would be the place you're looking for the most consistency and uh, over the last couple of weeks landry has kind of uh, had a little bit of a resurgence as well but um, hopefully we see hopefully we see more big days from Chubb moving forward here. I think when you look at what he's doing, he may be the best pure runner in football, uh, potentially outside of McCaffrey. Certainly appears to be joining uh, kind of what you might consider the new big three with Saquon Barkley, McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, uh, Chubb, and Dalvin Cook, I think, moving into that group. And then we'll talk about it a little bit later, but also kind of that contrast where we now have seen some of the big names from the past move back out of it. But certainly, you know, you dream here because if there were a few more receptions, if this offense were a little bit more explosive, then, you know, we could be looking at Chubb, uh, maybe even, you know, threatening someone like Barkley for the number two overall position in 2020. But the situation doesn't seem to be set up quite that well. Certainly the talent uh, very definitely appears to be. I was, go- I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, Sean, just in terms of you mentioned Saquon there, are we given Saquon a little bit of a pass for the last couple of weeks um how, how do you see it you know shaking out going forward you know 13 attempts for the one yard um doesn't really shake it out at the average of 0.1 yard per carry well i think that what he has done in the past even if that's just your rookie season now we'll talk about how the rookie season can be potentially a little bit misleading here in a second when we look at ezekiel elliott but the overall ability with him is pretty clear at, at different levels but it certainly seems like he's potentially dealing with a little bit of the same thing that we're seeing from david johnson where he's come back but maybe not really to what 
he was before or what he will be in terms of those injuries. And one of the things that is so frustrating about fantasy injuries is not only the fact that you lose, obviously, all the points when your player can't play, but then it can be even worse sometimes. <laughs> you, know, you look at a David Johnson, that player comes back and does play and just doesn't score, continues to kill your lineup because they're not anywhere close to 100%. And so I, I think that... That's likely a little bit what we're looking at with Barkley as well. The thing with with his situation that was so interesting last year, and I think you know took me by surprise, even though I was a big believer in his talent, is how he was able to overcome what looked to not be a very good situation. And then by contrast, this year that situation seems to be just crushing him again, potentially uh, in concert with that injury. You know his his level of health may be still a little bit of a question yeah i think so and no, i agree with you there i i, I think he's far from 100 percent at the moment just to, to touch on mccaffrey for a for a split second obviously we've talked about him plenty of people are aware of what he's doing but he ranks first in expected points also ranks first in market share of rushing expected points and market share of receiving expected points among running backs so when you're talking about what he means to the offense you know that's pretty clear he also ranks first in fantasy points over expectation, which means not only does he have this massive volume, but he's also been the most efficient running back. And, you know, we've talked about it on the show before and compared him to people like Jamal uh, Charles and Barry Sanders. And if anything, that comparison continues to get stronger as we go forward, as opposed to what you would expect, which would be a little bit of a drop off just because of what he's doing is so insane. But that also allows us a little bit of a segue into another one of our former favorites and uh, someone I know that you know each of us have put out big <laughs> predictions for at, at certain times. And now, belatedly, I think some of those are coming through true, where the only non-QB who's anywhere close to McCaffrey in efficiency is Amari Cooper, right? He's beaten his expectation in seven of nine games. He's now averaging 7.4 fantasy points over expectation per game right so this was the first time in the last five weeks that he got right there to that double digit number in expected points so based on you know his targets you would expect him to have scored about 10 points obviously blew that away but if he can start to see more volume again and, and you know one of the things that is interesting about these injuries and it makes it for such a difficult uh, start sit decisions the reason that you would have a david johnson in your lineup even though uh, it's no surprise anyone what actually happened in that game is because you also have the counter example of amari cooper who was going to meet with different doctors all week certainly has multiple injuries that the team continues to suggest are fairly severe and yet he comes out and puts on just a show for the ages i mean his you know, we get used to watching these NFL players make fantastic plays, right? And we're used to seeing them make sort of these toe-tapping catches in the corner of the end zone. His may have been the best that I've ever seen in terms of getting both of those toes down at an angle and with a lunge to where it looked like he would have had to take both feet off the ground to be able to actually get out and touch that ball. Makes the catch. Getting open at will at every level of the field and now looks like the guy that we thought he was after his college performance and after his first couple of years in the league Blair's point here is that if he could actually get a little bit more volume he could start to challenge for the overall wide receiver one and then he also points out 
that overall wide receiver one michael thomas is the only wide receiver in the top 15 of total expected points he's also tied for the market share of receiving expected points but tied with a little bit of a surprise player in Cortland sutton who was on the bye in week 10 the reason he's tied for that category even though not putting up the same number of points is because uh, denver hasn't attempted 35 passes since september right so sutton a little bit easier schedule going forward michael thomas dominating every week amari cooper you know standout performance one of your favorites those guys you know who stands out for you anything else that we need to look at there in terms of these expected points numbers oh they're they're all like they're all incredible players to watch and i think i like i pushed for it last year my bold prediction was amari cooper would be the the wide receiver one uh, and and fantasy football obviously uh didn't really happen until after he actually got traded to the cowboys but might not happen again this year but i think we're seeing like what we thought all along in terms of how good this guy can be um they're starting to let prescott throw the ball a little bit more so it's opening opportunities up for him uh, michael gallup as well seeing a high number of targets this past week as well both of them into double digits um there's just there's we're lucky we are so lucky sean at the moment like there's so many talented wide receivers you know across across the board in the nfl and you know we're, we're probably not going to talk much about some of them on today's show like guys like tyreek hill you know 19 targets this past week but he, he does make errors like he had some drops but he makes some incredible plays you know cooper thomas godwin you know we're having so many talented wide receivers make so many amazing plays and it's uh it's a real fun time to be part of uh watching the nfl and, and playing fantasy football and covering fantasy football just so many talented players and it's no real surprise then that these guys are, are leading the way then at the the top of the expectation expected points every single week it's just uh how good they are and the consistency that they tend to show yeah and we'll talk about a few more of those huge wide receiver games when we get into the third quarter but first we're going to do halftime so before we get into the third quarter i want to let you know about our buddies over at roman talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy we usually we just brush it off or blame it on something else like i i just lost my mojo but with roman it's easy to talk about with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication it's simple safe and totally discreet with roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ed all in the comfort comfort and privacy of your own home the doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping the whole process is simple and straightforward and of course discreet getting started is simple just go to getroman.com slash blue wire and complete your online visit once again that is roman.com forward slash blue wire for a free visit to get started once again roman.com slash blue wire also one of our partners here is harry's razors and of course most people don't enjoy shaving some people do enjoy it i am not one of those people but humans have been shaving for thousands of years and the secret to a great shave hasn't changed much and that's why harry's doesn't overcharge you for gimmicky features to their razors they focus on delivering what actually matters sharp durable blades at a fair price which means you get incredibly high quality vouchers at factory prices harry's is super convenient and those blade refills are delivered directly to your door on schedule with or without a subscription listeners of rotoviz as well can redeem their harry's trial set now at harrys.com forward slash blue wire with that you'll get an ergonomic weighted handle for a firm grip a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade rich lathering shave gel with aloe to help keep that skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your blade dry and easy to grab on the go once again that is harrys.com forward slash blue wire to redeem that trial set once again, harrys.com forward slash blue wire. 
So, Sean, as we move forward, we're going to talk about some of the guys that uh, had those Monster Monster Weeks uh, this past week. And as always, I'd like to let you have the, the floor first. We already hit on Cooper. You teased Christian Kirk a little while ago. And a, another big performer that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago was Darius Slitton. And he's, he's gone and done it again. So uh, who, who do you want to talk about first? We had eight guys this week who had at least nine receiving fantasy points over expectation. And one of the fun things about this group is how young these guys are, right? We have Christian Kirk, we have Nicole Hardman, we've got Slayton, we've got Marquise Brown, and we have James Washington all in that group to go with Golden Tate and Amari Cooper. And so Kirk, obviously the headliner this week, almost double the FPOE of anyone else. And that's because on his 10 targets, he has six catches, but those six catches went for 138 yards and three touchdowns obviously he had the deep touchdown early highlight play uh, this is the second straight week where kyler murray was able to show off that arm uh, murray having a little bit of trouble getting a lot of balls batted down you know having some difficulty in that intermediate area but we're definitely seeing both the run ability from him and that cannon that deep accuracy a week after hitting Andy Isabella for the long touchdown, he gets Christian Kirk. Kirk has a second touchdown and then comes back with the third touchdown late where the ball is actually batted. It's spinning head over heels. He sticks a, a big pile out there, grabs it one-handed. Uh, multiple highlight reel plays for him, getting open everywhere. This offense with him, obviously Larry Fitzgerald playing well again. Isabella, a couple more big plays in this game. Still not completely integrated in the offense, but appears to be on the way. When they have this trio working, this offense is going to be very, very exciting. It seems like it's just on the cusp of their struggles in the red zone this season have, have really killed them. Could be a much better record than what we're seeing. Christian Kirk is one of these guys where we've been telling you to buy, to buy, to buy. Now, this particular game uh, is one where... It is against their easiest opponent from the receiving perspective. They do go on a stretch now where they have San Francisco a by the Rams and this Pittsburgh Steelers team that we saw, you know, what they did to Cooper Cup and company. So if you're in a seasonal league, then perhaps this is your window to sell. On the other hand, if you're a dynasty owner and Kirk is on a different team and he's on the team of someone who is a championship contender then it might make sense for you uh, to go to the streaming app to show your opponent your league mate this strength of schedule what's about to happen and you're gonna have to still offer a very good player right this isn't one of those things where i'm saying you know oh just you know go offer him to the last guys on your roster uh he might take it because this is a difficult schedule that's obviously not going to happen but there might be an opportunity here your league mate thinks he can sell high off of this huge game he knows the schedule is coming up perhaps you're looking a little bit more to 2020 where kirk you know realistically could start to move up into that five six seven eight range overall at wide receiver so if you have a player who would help your league mate win the title this year uh, maybe that's a trade that you want to look into this week yeah christian kirk uh we we've been we've been on that bandwagon <laughs> since uh since draft time and uh, uh you know a year ago and it's just 
see seeing him when he is in full flow is uh, something that's a lot of fun. There was talk last week about how his targets dipped in week nine based on him being uh, playing out wide, you know, as a, a split out wide receiver and not in the slot. But um, obviously those fears were quenched this past week. We're not going to talk about the quarterback, Sean, but I guess we'll just have to give a shout out to Lamar Jackson and his performance this week uh, in terms of his over uh, expected points uh, performance and Patrick Mahomes, who was on the losing side this past week. But holy moly, uh, Patrick Mahomes is, is something special <laughs> in terms of the quarterback position. And somebody who maybe isn't, um, you know, all that special at the moment is Daniel Jones. But uh, he's certainly put enough fantasy points when given the opportunity over the last couple of weeks. And Darius Slayton is uh, to thank for part of that. So with, with Slayton, we did mention a couple of weeks ago, like, is this something that we may see going forward? Is he somebody to get on those rosters? And He's done it again. So he's had a couple of a couple of big performances. Any change in your thoughts on on him over the last couple of weeks? It, it's tricky. There, he's one of those guys who's been bouncing on and off the back end of the roster in all of these redraft draft leagues throughout the season. It has now hit three different times. Unfortunately, none of those were the ones where he was uh, in the lineup. But all you can do is take advantage of your opportunities, and he has done that to the extreme right you have sterling shepherd out you have evan ingram out that frees up some targets golden tate had a big game but we know what we're going to get from golden tate right he's one of these receivers who again this season top 10 in the nfl in yards after the catch but that's really all that he offers and one of the ways that we can see that you go into the aya app on the site uh, look at daniel jones and his receivers darius slayton when he's targeted 9.98 so basically 10 adjusted yards per attempt ingram 7.4 and then this is the interesting one you were talking about barkley a little bit his struggles in the running game but averaging seven aya on the 33 targets to him those are obviously good numbers for a running back but it's the contrast to where golden tate 6.7 sterling shepherd 5.5 very poor numbers to those wide receivers and the contrast with slayton really jumps out at you Obviously, the big week setting career highs and targets, uh, 14, expected points, 23, points over expectation, 11, air yards, 142, yards after the catch, 38. Uh, you know, he's got the 11th deepest target depth in the NFL at 14.8. And, and that can be a mixed blessing, right? Because our efficiency numbers at those deeper depths are going to drop off in terms of per play. But the exciting thing for him so far, and maybe a little bit of what you want to watch out for, is that on those deep targets of 15 plus yards, he's caught 8 of 17 for 204 yards, right? So probably not completely sustainable, but for a young player taking advantage of opportunity he's been absolutely fantastic yeah and you know kind of like what you were saying there you know being able to maintain that is going to be very hard but what i was impressed with this past week is you know you look at his targets and his uh, receptions you know he had the big game against detroit a couple of weeks so it was five five targets two receptions 50 yards and two touchdowns so definitely the two for 50 for two is not sustainable this past week was 14 targets 10 receptions 121 yards you know it was he, he got the volume this week which is something that outside of uh, week six he had eight targets in that game with three receptions but this week looked to be a lot more consistent the problem could be now the bye week this week for the giants let's see how he shakes out you know if M evan ingram is back then the week after uh the bye so we'll see what happens but um definitely some positive signs there um but uh, again a rookie a rookie uh, wide receiver you know just uh he'll be turning 23 when we get to december here uh, so you know it's it's um 
it's there's some some positivity there, some some interest to have. Golden Tate at the other edge of the age spectrum, uh, having a big big week this past week as well. Uh, when we look down through it, I'm just going to get a one word wrap up for McCall Hardman. First word that comes to your mind when you think of McCall Hardman. Well, it's, it's got to be explosive, right? I mean, <laughs> fast was my word, but he, he is fast. <laughs> oh my goodness! The, so this is one of those sort of bittersweet kinds of things where, because of buys, Curtis and I, you know, we we've mentioned our FFPC team uh, here, one of our you know, preseason sponsors, and we had to play him last week because of the buys, and you know, doesn't get a target, and that's especially frustrating when in these last three games, right? He's got twenty-seven point five points on three targets (laughs) i don't think people are necessarily expecting to get tyreek hill tyreek hill really is one of these players where even though hardman is fast tyreek hill is that much faster and hill is big right i mean he's got that thickness in the upper body to where he goes up and outfights some of these bigger defensive backs for the ball in situations where you simply would not expect a player that you think of as being smaller certainly a player who's unbelievably fast to be able to compete for the ball in the air like that as well but you know the chiefs dominated the titans kind of a fluky loss that'll happen to you sometimes uh but when you see what hardman's doing even with how well they are moving the ball and scoring right you can't really criticize what they're doing there but more opportunities for him i don't think would go amiss So, Sean, as we continue on the show, we're going to look a little bit about some running backs now as we move forward. Um, it's been a it's been kind of a tough year um, for running backs. We're going to touch on that as well in overtime in terms of some of those top running backs in you know the first round, second round, and you know how they fail to kind of live up to the expectations here, whether it be true injury or whether it be true performance. Uh, in in twenty nineteen, when we look down through them, the the backfields obviously there's there's some big changes over the last couple of weeks. There's some uh, people who have obviously sustained away, and you mentioned Ronald Jones earlier. In the show have had a kind of consistent growth where they've actually pushed themselves to be the starting running back on that team is there any backfields um that you want to i'll let you take the first one you want and then we'll roll from there but anyone that you're you're interested in looking at well david johnson obviously i uh, just david johnson I, I i seen one one of the plays this week against the falcons and i you would i honestly thought that it was like a walkthrough at the speed david johnson was going when he when he did get the ball it, it it's not not fast it's the opposite of mccall hardman it just it, it's it was so sad right because it doesn't i mean it doesn't look like professional sports and we're talking about a player who in 2016 was you know had one of the all-time great seasons and was this combination of big fast explosively agile and an elite receiver just the entire package in a way we've rarely seen before someone that big that quick that uh, good at catching the football and he's still been been very solid at catching the football unfortunately the person he has brought to mind this whole year and a little bit even on on these receptions which have have been uh, impressive at times he looks like a late 30s antonio gates right <laughs> and i that's not who you're hoping to see with a first round pick at running back no i agree 100 percent. and uh, antonio gets kind of as you hinted there could still catch the ball at that age but really had nothing after the catch unfortunately for david johnson owners and we like i have david johnson on, on all those teams you're having a decision now where you're thinking you know 
who am I going to start over David Johnson? He's really at this point it's it's kind of a it's a it's a detriment to actually start him to your fantasy teams and with the way the Cardinals have been setting up things, you know, he's been in there for one carry or two carries or three carries. It's not like he's getting any workload. So, you know, from a Cardinals perspective, if he is as banged up as he looks, I think they'd be probably better to shut him down for a couple of weeks or shut him down for the season. I, I definitely think like we, we talked about Saquon earlier. I think when you have situations like that, like I don't think those players are healthy and they're really not really giving you a huge amount as an asset and then long term you're going to lose an asset as a football team because they're not going to be as healthy say next year or the year after so those things rushing back from injury um i think you'd be better to to look at other options but D- david johnson i did sit him this past week and it's uh it's gonna be very tough to put him back in the starting lineup with what we've seen over the last couple of weeks looking through some of the other backfields this past week, uh, Devontae Freeman picked up an injury. Um, you know, kind of, I think it was in the second half of that game. But the Falcons were the huge one over the Saints. Uh, then Brian Hill is somebody who's. Uh, you know been talked about as having possible opportunity if he got in there uh, got in for a touchdown this past week so um, he's somebody are you you interested in uh, if Freeman was to go down do you think Hill is a viable starter do you think he's possibly a flex option at this point I think it's hard to put him in there with Freeman being healthy but if Freeman goes out I think he's a a viable starter yeah I don't know the exact situation with uh, Freeman it's been a little bit unclear but it sounds like it could be you know a week or two week injury and specifically this week coming up with the game against carolina is intriguing because the panthers have been a good team they have some good defensive players but they are not a good run defense at this point you look at their last five games and in four of those they gave up monster performances the only one that they didn't was that tampa bay backfield which was split at the time but you have leonard fournette 24 points tevin coleman 38 points derrick henry 25 points aaron jones uh this last week scoring the three touchdowns on only 13 rushing attempts gets those 27 points so certainly as a one-week fill-in i think brian hill uh very very intriguing you know you you can pop him in there for your running back too you know if you have david johnson or certainly a flex play then you know you have that possibility for a big week this is one of the games where i haven't actually watched yet i've watched most of the games but had drew Brees going uh, on a number of important teams expected to get the big score you know as you're following the bottom line you know watching cardinals watching chiefs and it's not happening uh, so there, there wasn't any uh, huge desire to go in and make that one of the first games uh, on the list there. But certainly it, it seems like the Falcons may finally be turning a little bit of a corner. Another one, Sean, uh, obviously of interest is uh, coming off uh, the Cowboys and their loss this past week. That's a couple of kind of crushing losses for them at home, especially against teams who have been missing players like the Packers were missing Devontae Adams. They were against the vikings this week missing adam thielen so there's been a couple of games like that where they've gone down in games at home that they probably uh, really needed to win but when we look at ezekiel elliott over um, the last couple of games i mentioned in terms of uh, players who are at the top of the board who really haven't lived up to expectation now his his draft adp did drop off you know when the holdout was continuing but still uh, was kind of late end of the first round and up until the holdout really progressed he was kind of a, a top three or four pick it has to be classed at the moment as a, a really disappointing year so far for Ezekiel Elliott uh, in terms of production. It is, and it's been really a nightmare scenario over the last several games. His Week 10 performance fits in among his career worst, right? It was his third lowest game uh, in PPR points. It was third game ever held below 10 points. And in terms of that sort of 
all-important receiving volume. This was tied for his worst two-game stretch in receiving EP uh, throughout the course of his career. And as we look at 2019 kind of big picture, we have a number of elements that are going wrong. The first one, again, is right back to that receiving EP, where in 2018, he got within just a hair of averaging the 10.0 per game number, which I kind of look at sort of as the holy grail. When you have these backs who average double-digit expected points, both as a rusher and as a receiver, then those players can underperform a little bit. You know, usually they're they're right about average in terms of points over expectation, but you have this weekly floor that's giving you 20 points essentially. And you are going to be someone who helps that owner dominate his or her league when you're putting up that kind of volume. In 2019, that has dropped back down to 5.7, which is a substantial drop, right? And that moves it back more in line with 2016 and 2017, those first two uh, years in terms of what he was doing as a receiver. The other big problem that we've seen, and you know, thinking about this a little bit in terms of what you mentioned for Barkley earlier, but his efficiency numbers as a rusher have dropped back down, right? And so his rookie season, he was averaging 5.7 points per game above expectation, right? So he was the guy, and you know, certainly some of this is him. I don't think there's any question that Ezekiel Elliott is a well above average running back. Uh, you look at what their offensive line had at the time, and you were seeing things you just rarely see at the NFL level. We certainly saw it back with Dick Vermeil and the Kansas City Chiefs, where uh, you know Priest Holmes, and in part, and I think you have to also give credit to, to Elliott for this, but Holmes would set up his blocks, would hit the hole, and would a counter defensive players you know four five six ten fifteen yards past the line of scrimmage for the first time uh cowboys similar thing even more of a of a pure brute force element to it where just blowing the defensive line off the ball and then when once elliot would get into the defensive backfield you know breaking tackler tacklers you know (laughs) shutting guys here hurtling a guy there and so as this rookie he scored almost six more points per game than what you could expect purely based on what his touches were, where they occurred, that kind of thing. The last three years have dropped back down to a much more reasonable number in that sort of one point per game range. And that means that when you have this combination of the loss of extreme efficiency and the loss of those receiving touches, then he drops down from a 215 point per game guy through the first three seasons to a 17.8 point per game guy this year and you know you mentioned obviously that's having a drag on the wins for his owners and we can see that very clearly you go to the best ball 10 uh, win rate app and can see that with this performance this week only 8.3 points his win rate drops from 8.8 percent to 7.3 percent so he's back down below average in terms of win rate which is where he was for the first six weeks of the season too so certainly seeing some changes seeing some trends with Elliott that aren't necessarily positive you would hope that the big step that Dak Prescott has taken 
will allow that to be counteracted at some point in the future, that those things will be balanced. We'll see him uh, in an offense that delivers him down to the goal line. We'll see him catching the ball a little bit more in an offense that passes the ball well. But certainly right now, there are some question marks. Yeah, and and the, I suppose we'll jump onto the backfield uh, and that game that they faced, and that's uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, Dalvin Cook's having a, a very, very good season already, uh, nine yards away just from hitting a 1,000 yards rushing on the season, has 40 receptions, 424 yards, and 10 total touchdown so he had a touchdown this past week but uh you know continues to get a huge workload 26 rushes 97 yards and a touchdown but uh also getting a lot of work in the the receiving game over the last three weeks he's had a minimum of six targets in every game he's had seven in the last two and he had seven receptions in this one for 86 yards so cook is uh really turning into a, a three down running back this season i've also been impressed by i suppose when we're talking about three down they are letting him off the field on certain occasions obviously but uh alexander madison who uh, i liked before the season in terms of a possible zero rb candidate um, has actually looked good in the opportunities he's getting eight for 52 for him i'd be interested obviously i hope that cook doesn't get injured but um uh, you know if, if if madison is somebody that's available on waivers you know in case cook would happen to go down over these last couple of weeks he's somebody i could see potentially getting into that role if cook goes down as a, a potential league winner depending on um how, how you get him on those rosters and um, the other the other player i just want to mention i suppose we touched on earlier as well and we've talked about him quite a bit is ronald jones uh, this past week a pretty i guess we'll call it an okay performance in terms of what he did you know had the opportunity to really cement himself as the the lead running back there was outgained on the ground um you know by barber barber also had a rushing touchdown so both of them got on the end zone but 11 for 29 for him but did have a lot more work in the passing game eight for eight uh, and 77 yards but he did lose a fumble so it's kind of neck and neck again there it'd be nice to see him be able to establish himself more as the, the lead back there um, is there any other backfield sean in terms of uh, fantasy relevance that uh, you want to touch on as we as we move forward here yeah well just to take the guys that you mentioned there madison i really like and actually started him on my zero rb team in the apex experts league so i was disappointed to see uh, his touchdown overturned in that game clearly isn't going to be dalvin cook but does a lot of the same things and within the con the context of that offense i think will be a very very good back if anything were to happen to cook certainly the health one of the the, the biggest trend or the biggest uh development of the 2019 season has been the injuries and where they've happened so the injuries to quarterbacks and wide receivers have knocked the receiving numbers back down the injuries to the first round running backs have knocked the first round running backs down the health from running backs in rounds two through five has been utterly fantastic and has allowed those guys to carry teams in ways that we don't normally see so those injury dynamics have really defined this season uh, certainly we hope that everybody who is healthy can continue to stay healthy so you know dalvin cook would love to see him finish this season where uh, you know continuing on you would expect him then to be a clear top five pick in next year's drafts going on to someone who won't be but is now finally making a little bit of a move in ronald jones you know had had just kind of a crazy game here where he was involved as a pass catcher this was something i really wanted to see and thought that we could see a lot of people will focus on the hands for players in terms of their receiving viability as running backs certainly that's not irrelevant i'm not suggesting that it is but i always look at the athletic profile because we just have so much research to indicate that the athletic profile will dictate 
so much of what a player can do as a receiver in the NFL. And Jones looks like a guy who could do that. And to see him be so explosive in this game in in terms of these high value touches right i mean you just have to have those touches to be the kind of running back that people want to own and can comfortably play in fantasy football leagues and then you know he's just so fast in the open field you know breaking through these holes and you know getting to the next level having the opportunity for some of these long runs the eventual breakout breakaway plays that will give you the huge game so having a game here where he has all the receptions he has the touchdown you know that's really the game we're looking for for him of course since it's ronald jones or since it's the nfl version of ronald jones you know we do have these question marks where he has the fumble where he fumbled untouched right trying to put the ball away and instead sort of laterals it forward that not something you ever want to see it sounded like he was you know very upset afterward and that's also not necessarily something you want to show because even if they weren't uh benching him and going to barber for that final drive sort of punitively if you think a guy's head is not in the game then you know you don't want to put him back out there reading a little bit about what the coaches were saying because as someone who owns jones everywhere uh, i do need to have a sense of what the where the coaches minds are with this guy after this very weird game right and they said a lot of positive things about him uh seemed like they were excited about what he had done not something where you know we're going to have the LaShawn McCoy thing where you know McCoy inactive after all those back-breaking fumbles uh on the other hand they mentioned you know it wasn't just a fumble that he also missed a blitz pickup that caused a problem for him and he actually blocked when he was supposed to be going out in a route on another play uh that ruined a screen pass to him so a couple of other miscues as well beyond the obvious uh, untouched fumble which you know is going to jump out to everybody <laughs> all right colin so over time we're going to get you a quick but very controversial question uh, see where you're going to go on uh, one of the big name running backs so we've got the stud runners we know from work uh from you know our our hero and and uh, previous leader of fantasy douche a ton <laughs> of research on these guys and showing that running backs even elite running backs they tend to have their huge performances very early in their careers earlier than you might think now we have a lot of examples of guys holding on and playing well being solid players from 26 to you know for some of these guys to 35 but so much of the real dynamism comes at 21 22 23 24 we look at some of the biggest names from just the past couple years guys who are not that old yet but if you own todd Gurley, if you own david johnson if you own Le'Veon bell you have missed the best window to trade those guys we look at what ezekiel elliott did this week we look at his profile right and some of the both volume and efficiency concerns that you might have compared to what he's done in the past you look at a changing offense that's maybe more pass oriented perhaps doesn't have that extraordinary run blocking that it had for his first couple of seasons is it time to unload elliot before a similar dynamic occurs to his dynasty value 
personally i think it would be now what i tend to do is i tend to like like yourself invest in the wide receiver positions and, and rookie drafts and then what happens is if these guys really do hit uh, unless it's a situation where you like you had the 101 and you take or you have the 101 and you take elliot in a rookie draft it's very hard then to acquire them in those early years so i don't own a lot of these players in in those sort of formats but the ones i do i think you'd be trying to move and what i would be trying to do if i was in a situation where i currently own elliot i don't think you're probably not going to get much teams who are out of playoff contention looking to buy him now for next year but what you might find is somebody who still has the belief in ezekiel elliott for that playoff run this year uh, and try and move him on for that sort of targeted team um, if you have him. It's just that wh- when you get into those workloads, and like there's no doubt Ezekiel Elliott has been fed as much as any running back over the last kind of two, three years and has really produced with that. But, you know, when you mention things like that, guys like Alfred Morris spring to mind, you know, have those rookie season and it doesn't happen again. With running backs, when those carries get into those legs, some of them, like an Adrian Peterson, are kind of modern marvels where they can continue to do it for years and years and years but you do see it where the drop-off can happen quite dramatically and suddenly in many cases like you see with somebody like a david johnson those leg injuries you know seem to have really taken its toll on his body will he get that back ever again you know at this stage i'd be betting on no same with todd Gurley. we've really seen the off-season reports and how his health would be and then we've seen the struggles this season we've seen flashes of what they can do but we haven't seen it on a consistent basis and same with Le'Veon Bell just doesn't look like the same explosive player that he was previously so I'm in the camp of trading but I'm I'm probably a bad guy to ask because I I tend to once I get running backs with a sustained value in the trade market I tend to try and move them move them on and, and get the next lower cost running back to get into the lineup. And with that, it's going to get us to the end of today's show, a real bumper episode as we've run close to 60 minutes here. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening in. And as always, thank you for tuning into the show and make sure you're subscribed to us on favorite podcast platform and you'll be able to get us each and every week as the show does release you may have noticed we've moved it to a one day earlier schedule should be coming out late tuesday early wednesday for you so thank you as always for tuning in and enjoying the show you can drop us a rating on that podcast device as well helps us uh, grow our audience here as always my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host is sean siegel much more great work coming from sean throughout the week some of that information we talked about there will be from his running backs article that will be coming out shortly so do tune in and look at that on rotaviz.com and as always until the next one have a good one thank you for listening to overtime and rotaviz radio please rate and review the rotaviz radio podcast on your favorite podcast app contact us via gmail at rotaviz radio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotaviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotaviz at a 10 percent discount through the rotaviz radio homepage rotaviz.com forward slash podcast Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code balance10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.